Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Daytime Fireworks with David Brandt, my good buddy from the AP. He is out in Phoenix, basically living out what I would like to eventually do, but with the caveat of only in the winter months. But you're there <laughs> full time. So, David, it's, it's it's been a minute, man. How are we? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm roasting away in the, the Phoenix Phoenix, August. If anyone tells you a dry heat, nah, no, nah, man. It's no. heat's heat, especially when it gets to be 110, man. 110 is 110. Here's my so I got a couple rules in life. One of my rules living in Nashville, I tell all my friends that that offer me tickets. I do not go to Titans games in September because it is absolute hell. And then now after going to Phoenix and the greater Scottsdale area in June, I will no longer go there in the summer. Because dry heat does not no it's when it's when it's one oh eight at midnight it's it's no good right there's a there's a reason why the golf is so cheap here in June and in July <laughs> I mean like if you're like wow there's some great deals on golf that means the weather sucks uh, yeah so uh, but 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 I will say nine months out of the year here it's pretty much paradise so that oh, it's got that yeah. going for it which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, like, if if you're remotely close to being a sports fan, the Waste Management Phoenix Open is a bucket list item. It's a blast, and it's in January. Like, it's perfect time to be in Arizona. But steer clear in the summer because it is no joke. Um, yeah, no, I I see those. I see the high school kids practicing around here, and I don't. I do oh, not envy them. It's yeah. their, uh, it's a hearty bunch. <laughs> no chance. Um, all right. So yeah, like I said, it's been a while since we talked. Um, I guess since the last show that we recorded together, um, NIL and the transfer portal has just exploded onto the scene in college football. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. You're out West where you've got the likes of Southern Cal and Oregon and all the, you know, there's some, there's some big things moving with NIL out there. UCLA is now invested in, you know, Jordan brand. So they've got some things moving, but just not just West coast, but overall, what has been your take? And I guess your, your thoughts on the early stages of NIL. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that anybody else hasn't said. I, I think that largely it's a, it's a good thing. It's overdue. It's just when you introduce a, a huge new concept without really any rules or any, 
thought behind it. You know, I'm not saying there was no thought behind it, but there's anytime you introduce something new, there's always unintended consequences. There's always things you didn't see coming up, you know, things with the schedule, things with, you know, how people are using it and recruiting. So, I mean, I, you know, other people have said it, but this is a weird time for college football. It's a kind of a transitionary period, but I do think within, you know, five five years or so this will be fairly well regulated and I think teams will understand and, and it's largely a good thing but it, it's wild these these couple of years and and here mm-hmm. on the west coast the big thing is that it, you know this isn't all about NIL but it's really forced um, you know for for teams out here to decide who wants to play big boy football you know to be yeah. quite frank you know like because right. because obviously I mean even people out here you know the SEC, and the Big Ten are dominating right now, just, you know, with their TV contracts, with all those different things, UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten was honestly kind of an earthquake out here, especially for the schools, you know, Arizona and Arizona State. I mean, a lot of people are now worried about the future, don't know, you know, and, and I think it was just people are irritated at UCLA and USC, but they made a business decision. And yeah, it's and and I you totally even the people who are upset with them understand why they did it. Um, and it's just, you know, I think this area of the country, the Pac-12, and I'm not singling out any particular school because, you know, most of these schools out here have great facilities and resources and everything. But it's, you know, if they thought they could stay immune to it they were kind of ducking their heads in the sand because, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I said, it's, it's just forcing people to choose. Do you want to push all your chips in or not? And so I think UCLA and USC definitely are. I, I think Oregon obviously wants to. Um, I, I'm honestly not sure about Arizona, Arizona state. I think they're trying to feel it out as much as anybody, but that that here on the West coast, that's the big thing is just, you know, is the Pac-12 or whatever the remnants of the Pac-12 are going to be, are are they going to want to play at the highest level and invest in, you know, resources, facilities, NIL, all those things that can make them competitive on a yearly basis. So I think the next five years are going to be really interesting out here just for that, you know, with the Cal's, the Stanford's, Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona State, Arizona, if they can, you know, what they want to do. There was a Kirk Herbstreit had a really good quote. He was um, talking with the LA Times and he said, quote, that's not what NIL was about. It was about Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or a guy who was established on the field creating marketing opportunities. It's not about trying to outbid another booster to try to get a recruit. And I agree 100% with what he said, but as a college football you know, analysts, you know, that for someone like him, that's at the the pinnacle, he's college game day. He does all the primetime games. He had to know that this is where it was going to go, where it's, you know, Kiffin, you know, was quoted famously for saying it's, it's legalized cheating, which I guess by definition, it's not cheating anymore because it's quote unquote legal, but this was always the direction it was going to go. And I do agree with you that it's going to kind of, self-correct itself and things will eventually cool off you know you've got i saw like jordan addison and another uh sc player are going to be driving you know s classes around for some dealership and you've got um well jordan addison signed a deal with united airlines you've got um that some of the like Bijan robinson's driving like a lambo or something now like it's it's going to be silly season with NIL for a while, but I, I do agree with you that it's going to eventually not be this, you know, pun intended here with tech. You know, I just mentioned Texas, all gas, no breaks, but it's, I do think it's going to slow down where this pace that has been said is not going to stay. Right. The market will regulate itself. Teams will figure out, you know, I, cause really as much things change, they stay the same. You know what I mean? The teams that were, you know, had the the big budgets before, like in, in the old world, still have the big budgets now, just in a different way. And I, I completely agree with the Kirk Herbstreet thing. I, you know, it would be naive to think this wasn't going to happen. I, I get it that from the spirit of the rule, 
it was one of those things where I think even the normal person saw somebody like a Johnny Manziel, I think is one of the best examples because he was so amazing in college and then didn't do much in pros, obviously. So his time to cash in was Texas A&M. I mean, he won a Heisman Trophy. He's a legend in Texas. And he couldn't, you know, at least legally make any money in college. And those are the kind of guys that I think that, you know, NIL and, and people feel sorry for and feel that they should, I don't know if feel sorry for is the right word, but you understand that they ought to be able to monetize yeah. what they're doing at these schools. It wasn't, you weren't necessarily thinking about the the third wide receiver, or the backup tight end or, or anything yeah. like that and how these, you know, teams almost having salary caps and budgets and different things like that. But, but that's, what's going to happen. And I mean, anytime, I mean, that's what these colleges do. Like it, it's sort of like an, NASCAR like if you're not cheating you're not trying that sort of thing like yeah you know everyone's going to push the envelope as much as possible and considering right now the NCAA has been completely neutered for the most part I mean it's essentially yeah. open season there's nobody like there there's no and I think we talked about this before I mean one of the weirdest things is to think that you know just six or seven years ago the details of the old Miss investigation like consumed my life for not consumed but I mean was a big yeah it was a big deal for me for like six months to a year and to think of all the you know loader cars we're talking about loader cars for Laramie Tunsil and now sleeping sleeping on couches right I mean it seems so ridiculous and to be fair Ole Miss might have done more than that I you know I I'm not Pollyannish here but the stuff they actually put in the you know the notice of allegations like it just seems so quaint, you know, now that we would be talking about that and stuff like that. We were, we were really worried about Laramie Tunsil's loader cars and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, so, it's, anyway. it's truly an era of easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Oh, like, absolutely. Like absolutely. no one, no one is even remotely concerned with the NCAA anymore. Like it is, is legit open season, literally and figuratively. Um, now it, we'll segue here. Just a perfect transition. This is why you're 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 Mister Associated Press. But talking about open season, the transfer portal is now huge. I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, I I say it all the time in our recruiting podcasts. You've got to recruit players year round already, but now you're recruiting current players year round because you have to battle. You know, what if? You know, a a true freshman receiver goes off in his freshman season, has, you know, 60 catches for 900 yards and eight touchdowns, and then Ohio State comes calling. And you got to fight off, you know, Brian Hartline and the receiver lineage that they have, you know, with the Buckeyes now. You've got to recruit your own players now to keep them because they could just hop in the portal and head out. But, um, you, you know, what's – Ole Miss had a ton of success. They, you know, whatever – metric you look at in terms of you know overall talent or rankings i mean they were either the one or two transfer portal class right there next to the trojans what's been your take on the portal and how it's going to continue to affect recruiting as we move on to 2022 and 2023 well i think essentially for all this i think this was a great time like the timing was good for Lane Kiffin to be the coach because Lane Kiffin is like anybody else he's got a lot of good qualities got a lot of bad qualities but the best part about him is he's not scared to push the envelope and this is a time that it's time to push it you know what I mean there's there's some coaches out there that are kind of whining about the transfer portal and you know saying oh this isn't fair or, or this isn't the way we should do things and Lane is basically like well this is the way it is you know what I mean so I'm going to attack it the best I can, um, add as much talent as I can, and I'm not going to apologize for it. So I think for Ole Miss specifically, it was a great time to have sort of a, I don't know if cutting edge is the right word, but a, a coach that probably among most coaches is is less afraid of change than a lot of them and is, is okay with kind of the wild, wild west. I mean, you know, Lane seems to kind of thrive and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I think from an old Miss perspective, uh, it was just a good time to have him. And then I, I think just generally with the transfer portal, like we, it, it's easier for young kids to make a poor decision sometimes, you know, like we all did when we were 19 years old, because you hear about yeah. kids getting caught in the transfer portal and then it doesn't really work out. And so again, I think 
the transfer portal is something that's going to be regulated over the coming years. You know, for some reason, I think, you know, it's not like I'm a soccer expert, but, you know, like in European soccer, they have the transfer window and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. where You can, you know, just like free agency. I just think they're going to regulate it because I do college football coaches are never going to be like overly sympathetic because they make a ton of money, but it is a lot to ask them to be recruiting 12 months out of the year. They don't want to do that. Like, no, you know, everybody yeah. needs some downtime. There's going to be, there's, well, I think there are going to be limits when you can contact, when you can't, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, recently, you know, an Ole Miss tie in here, former head coach, Matt Luke, who went on to be the O-line coach at Georgia, you know, opted to retire because he just said that he, that. Was, he was just exhausted because it was just constant work, constant, you know, film study, meetings, recruiting, film study, meetings, recruiting, you know, traveling. And he was just, you know, he'd been just go. I mean, Matt Luke was a guy that I, I don't have his Wikipedia pulled up, but I mean, virtually from the day his career ended at Ole Miss, I mean, he had been in a coaching capacity from that day until, you know, he retired last year. So, I mean, you want to talk about just how exhausting that has to be. And then now you're having to not only recruit year round, but recruit the guys that you already signed, you know, that's kind of like, that was always sure. the finish. That was always the finish line. Now, you know, the goalposts are literally moved to where, you know, Hey, you still got to recruit these guys, even though you're, you know, they're in your locker room. Right. And, and, and Matt Luke, I think, his best quality, like at least what I covered him, and you probably dealt with him too, is that he's he's as much of a normal guy as I've come across really, as, you know, like a dude that you'd have at your barbecue or something like that. He'd just be like one of the fellas. And, yeah. you know, he has a family and all those different things. I mean, I, I at some point, you know, and, and he's lucky. He's had a good nest egg with his years at Ole Miss. And, you know, yeah. then he goes yeah. to Georgia and wins the national championship. And so, you know, he didn't have to grind at least for a few more few years. So I don't blame him for taking a few years off resetting. He knows he can get an offensive line job at any school in the SEC, basically anytime he wants, you know, so, you know, he could take some years off, be with his family, then maybe come back to it if he wants. But yeah, I don't blame these guys. And I'm honestly, I, I know the money's really good and it's, and some guys just love the grind, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's just a lot of work and no matter how much you love the work and how fun it is, like, you know, everybody needs days off and you're not getting many of those in columns these days. So speaking of the grind and you, you know, how it just, it never ends. Um, Lane Kiffin turned some heads earlier this week in one of his uh, pressers with the media following practice. Um, some quotes that were, that were pretty loud, you know, literally and figuratively. Um, he talked a good bit about, you know, his first couple of years at Ole Miss, you know, obviously the first year was, a, was a COVID season. So it was abbreviated. It wasn't the same. It wasn't, you know, the town wasn't buzzing like it normally is during football weekends. But um, there was a, a quote where he said that he said he thought about everything and, he said, quote, living in the different cities that I've lived in. And as you guys know, with Landry, his daughter, moving to Oxford, going to Oxford High School. And then he referenced Juice, the dog, which I'm sure you've seen him on social media. Um, sure. He said that Oxford has been a part of a lot of changes that have taken place personally. And he thinks that it didn't just happen by chance. Um, and then he famously said that, you know, he needed – Oxford and Ole Miss more than Oxford and Ole Miss needed Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, we we had you on our on our show back in the day over at Podcast Rebellion where we convinced you that that Lane Kiffin was a good fit for Ole Miss, and then lo and behold, it happens. But I, I know it's impossible to predict, and you know, things change, jobs open, people come calling, but now in 2022, with everything that he has built in these, you know couple years leading into year three where do you see Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss like how long would you you know if you had to say today how much longer do you think or you know what do you think his legacy will be at Ole Miss when it's all said and done that's a good question I you know one of the things that I I remember discussing all the time with a Houston nut 
when he was in charge of the team back in the day was just that 10, because he had been at Arkansas for about 10 years. And he used to tell me, he'd be like, Dave, 10 years is an eternity somewhere. And so I do think that, you know, there's very few Nick Saban. So I think a 10-year, 12-year run is is pretty awesome these days at any school. And, and for the first time in a while, I can see Lane getting there. Because I think Lane, what he's saying is, it's kind of what a lot of people go through a roundabout way if you're a career-oriented person. It's obviously Lane Kiffin had a lot of success when he was young and was kind of a ladder climber. He wanted, you know, he was at Tennessee, he went back to USC, he was – in the NFL with the Raiders and everything. And, and I think at some point, you know, Lane's in his forties now, like you said, he's got a daughter at Oxford high school. Like, you know, how much ladder climbing do you have to do? You know what I mean? Especially when you get to a, a place in the sec that, you know, has ample resources. Is it as much as maybe Georgia or Alabama? No, but it's still very good resources. You can obviously win at Ole Miss. He's proven that over the last couple of years. And I think that, you know, going back to even Hugh Freeze and, and Houston Nutt, you can, David Cutcliffe, you can win at all this. Um, and yeah. so I still think, and I will always believe that there are a handful of jobs that it's going to be awfully hard for Lane Kiffin to say no. Like if he won 10 games in the next couple of years and he was the hottest name on the market and everybody's coming after him, it's going to be awfully hard to hold on to him. But I, I do think that he's not leaving for the sake of leaving anymore. You know what I mean? Just it, it's going to have to be a true like top five, top 10 job. I think he realizes he's got a pretty good thing going at Ole Miss. He can win there. You know, it, he doesn't have every single advantage in the history of the world, but you don't necessarily have to chase that all the time and be worried about the next big thing. And so I, I you never say never things happen in college football, but I do think, you know, you reach a point at your career, whether it's college football or journalism or business, banking, whatever, where it's just like, you know, how much am I really, you know, what are we doing here, essentially? So I, I think that mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin is is there where he's, you know, he's like, if this is what I'm meant to do, this is pretty cool. And so um, that's what I read into those comments. Like I said, I'm not saying he would never go anywhere. I think there's always going to be a handful sure. of jobs that have such deep pockets that it'd be awfully hard to say no. But I, I do believe that Lane Kiffin, after years and years of kind of jumping and trying to get to the next awesome situation, I think he's coming to the realization that maybe the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, like how much longer do you need to chase? Like, are you, he's already been to the NFL. He's, He's been a coordinator at, at Alabama. He has been at USC as a head coach. I mean, he's been at the the pinnacle. From a coaching, of, yeah. from a coaching standpoint, he's done some living. He, yeah, yeah. He's been oh, around. Yeah. I mean, he, he's had a wild, you know, career, like uh, starting as a young guy. And I think, you know, but anyway, back to your point. But yeah, you, you just, it's hard to imagine sometimes. Because how old is he? He's like, what, 43 or 44? Yeah, I want to say 44. Um, oh, wow. He's 47. Oh, he's 47. So he's a little older, but still, he's done. I mean, he's he's packed in a lot of stuff in the last, like, mm-hmm. 20 years or so. So I think, you know, at some point you're 47. You've got a good program. You know, Ole Miss, like I said, might not have every single advantage, but they are fully invested in – you know, trying to compete in the NIL and SEC and everything. And like at some point, what do you need? So I, I think that's where, where Lane's at. Yeah. I mean, his, you know, his, his coaching passport book has got some impressive stamps in it. And right. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that close to being 50 and 50 is not old, but he's been coaching for a long time. And I think, and I don't know if just subconsciously I am, bias towards Ole Miss because that's who I cover but I don't know if there is a more perfect coach that emulates the vibe and the swagger of Ole Miss you know all of the the social media stuff he does and all the video stuff and and just everything about him just kind of it it fits It, it just feels like a perfect fit and just like the whole like his he's so subtle with the the social media stuff and he's got the swagger and he's got this laid back you know I I hate to do the like you know 
frat guy comparison because I don't think it's that, but you know, just like the whole like laid back. Well, he's got the, I'm just here to have a good the, time. Right. He's got the 45 year old Southern dad, you know, like at a, and you know, just drinking a couple, you know, Keystone lights at a party, maybe not Keystone light, but you know what I mean? Like just one of those guys that, uh, I, yeah, I just, he, he's, he's very, even though I think he's got a relatability to him, especially in Oxford that, that makes him, and of course the winning helps too. It always does. But, yeah. um, but I do think Wade is an even better fit than I thought he was going to be. Cause I thought it was what Ole Miss needed at the time. Like you said, you kind of convinced me of that, but I, I think that, and I said it at the time and I still believe it the best part about getting Lane Kiffin was you were getting the best of Lane Kiffin. Like you're getting him in his forties. Mm-hmm. He's still got energy. He's still got drive. He still, you know, wants to win SEC championships, but you also don't have to live with some of those mistakes he made when he was younger and maybe uh, a coach that's more, you know, wants mm-hmm. to climb the ladder a little more. So I, I think at least so far, who knows what's in store, but I, I think Ole Miss with the football coaches is sitting in a pretty good spot right now. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. So turning the page to week one, um, I mean, just an absolutely loaded slate. We've got games as we record this Thursday morning. We've got games tonight, tomorrow nights, all day Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, what are some of the games that you're going to be keeping an eye on? I don't know how many screens you've got going at the house, but you know what's what are going to be the ones that you're going to absolutely have on your main screen? You, you know me too well. I've got a screen up right now, actually looking at all the uh, matchups and stuff like that, because I knew you were going to – you know that that Utah-Florida game is yes. kind of interesting. I think yes. that's a super interesting game. Just because – and for one reason, I'm biased because I'm out on the West Coast now. I, I like to see how the West Coast teams will do. And that's just, you know, with Billy Napier at Florida now. And, and Utah's good. I've watched them a couple times. But, you know oh, – yeah. um, yeah, it's just – it's an intriguing matchup. The game's at Florida in the Swamp. I think that's one – if I had to just pick one game that I just want to watch because I have no idea what's going to happen, that's the one I kind of want to watch. So obviously, Georgia-Oregon is going to be huge and it's going to be an awesome game. But I, I just think for straight intrigue, Utah-Florida is really good. Arkansas-Cincinnati is going to be a really good game too that I think – boy, that, that stretch I'm looking at, there's about a four or five hour like college football nirvana window for SEC fans mm-hmm. for like because Georgia Oregon goes right into 
you'll have Georgia, Oregon, and Arkansas, Cincinnati at the same time on ABC and ESPN, and then Florida, Utah right after that. So those are the games. I mean, and on, and for the late night crowd, it's not late night on the West Coast, but the the later games, the Mississippi State Memphis game, I think is going to be intriguing just to watch. You know, for yeah. for interest and fun because you know if if Mississippi, game. well, that and if Mississippi State <laughs> plays really well, if you know, you just like to see how teams stack up in those. And as Ole Miss fans know, Memphis loves to beat up on the SEC teams, and it's it's a big deal for them. So. There, there's good games all, and then of course, apparently Vanderbilt's the best team in the world right now. Um, just yeah, yeah. destroyed Hawaii the other day, <laughs> so I, I fear for Elon. I, I watch, you know, because you know how it is. You're like hankering for college football, so I had, you know, yeah. Vanderbilt Hawaii on, and you know, I've, I've got an interesting story about Hawaii. Sorry, sorry to get sidetracked on this, but I think your, uh, your listeners will be kind of intrigued by that. So, uh. Under Houston Nuts staff, there was a guy named Mike Beaumont. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember him, but he was kind of the I, – I can't remember the title, but he was the – He had the, like, uh, painted on goatee. Right, exactly. He had a he had beautiful beard genetics. Yes. And he had, he had a magnificent goatee, and he was kind of the chief of staff of what – you know, he was the guy – he was the guy that what I would get – because back in the day, you could kind of walk around the practice field. If I got too close to anything, he'd kind of shoo me away. And if, you know, that time I blogged, gosh, this is so long ago, like 15 years ago, but Greg Hardy fell down the escalator stairs. And I wrote a big blog about that at the Dallas, at the <laughs> Dallas, like before the Cotton Bowl. And he was like, what are you doing down here? And he kind of chased me out and everything. And like, like not literally chased me out, but kind of shooed me away and everything. Yeah. Um, but he was a good guy. And anyway, you know, Houston Nutt gets fired, things move on, everybody gets new jobs. So Mike Beaumont ends up being, he is the has the same position essentially for the Tennessee Lady Vols, which was cool. It was a really mm-hmm. it was a really cool job, and I was covering a Mississippi State women's game back when they were so good at women's basketball, and uh, he was there. And so you know, I saw him, and of course, we laughed about the old Miss times. So I was like, "Are you going to run me off the court and everything?" And, and we, but he's he's a great guy. But anyway, he told me I was like, "How did you get into uh, Tennessee? Like, how did this opportunity occur?" And he said, "Well." You know, he gave me that story and he said, I almost took the job under Norm Chow at Hawaii. And I was like, oh, Ooh. wow, Hawaii, that'd be awesome. I was like, why didn't you take that job? And he goes, well, they, he, he goes, you wouldn't believe this. He goes, but, you know, when I was talking to Norm Chow, he was like, you know, he's like, all right. So uh, he's like, you're married, right? You've got kids. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are, are you planning on bringing them to Hawaii? And Mike was like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes, I like my wife and kids. And Norm was just kind of like, ah, uh, because housing, apparently, and I don't know if that's still the case there this time, but housing was so tight, it was really hard to find a, like a family home, you know, for especially somebody who wasn't necessarily a coach who was a little more on the operational side. And so it ended up the money didn't work out. And all, but I think that's a window. You know, that's just an anecdote, but I think that's a real window into why it's so hard to win at Hawaii. Because, you know, on its face, you're like, kids would love to go to Hawaii. You know, like, why couldn't you recruit to Hawaii? Why couldn't you win there? Um, And I think that the money issue, and again, I I have no idea what it's like at Hawaii now, but just that anecdote from from Mike Bobot about, you know, you're going to bring your family with you? It's like, yes, I like my family, you know, and so... (laughs) But but anyway, I always every time I see Hawaii play, I think of that. And I you know, but Vanderbilt looked very impressive on top of that too. So that was a they, long-winded story, but it was it was sort of <laughs> I always found that interesting. Yeah, Vandy quickly figured out like, oh, we should just run the single wing with Mike Wright <laughs> and we just let him run way around. More ath- we are way more athletic. They, my first job out of uh, out of uh, college was at a paper in Jackson, Tennessee. And I covered a lot of high school football and there was a couple teams out there like Crockett County and, uh, yeah. you know, Milan to a degree and some stuff like that, especially Crockett County was the one that ran like two plays, but they ran those two plays incredibly well. And they would get to like the quarterfinals every year in 4A or 3A, whatever class they were, just because they were so, and that's what it looked like with Vanderbilt, just running the single wing or 
whatever they call it, you know, the wing tee or something like that. Like it, it's just kind of hilarious to watch when you know what's coming and you cannot stop it because you're just getting the other team is faster and you're just getting dominated at the point of attack. I mean, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, I I I, I would I was gonna say speaking of the single wing, when I first got into high school football officiating, which I this is the first year I haven't done it in a decade. Um one of the the first year that I was officiating in Memphis, one of the best games I ever saw was East High School against Ridgeway. And East had Will Redman, who played at Mississippi State and is oh, yeah. in the NFL. And then Ridgeway had Jalen Walton, who played at Ole Miss. And then they had Sheldon Dawson, who signed with Georgia. And then I believe he ended up transferring to UT Martin, but two dynamic running backs. And eventually East just finally made the decision. Okay, we're just going to put Will Redman at quarterback and just wildcat this thing the entire game. I, I, I'd have to go back and look and try to find a box score. He had to have run the ball at least 45 times where it was literally they just snapped it to him and he just picked either left or right. And right. despite the just monotonous offensive approach, it was still one of the best games that I've ever seen in person just because it was just – Will Redmond going left and right, and then two SEC caliber guys on Ridgeway side running it. I mean, it was awesome. It was a shootout. Um, but yeah, I mean, hats off to Vandy. They they got a big dub. I mean, I think they went on a sixty three to three run to close the game. Um, yeah, that that'll work. It, it, oh yeah, that'll that'll work every day that ends in Y. But um, yeah, going back to Week One, I, I think you mentioned the Utah game. I love the Utes. Um, I mean, I think they had a legitimate shot to beat Ohio State in that Rose Bowl if if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt. Um, love that game. I think North Carolina App State is a sneaky good one. Um, you know, going to Boone is going to be tricky. I think Drake May is going to help North Carolina fans forget about Sam Howell. He looked legitimate in their game against FAMU. But um, in terms of, I guess, star power and just, you know, what – you're going to have your eyes on. I think you have to start the conversation with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Marcus, oh, sure. Fre- Marcus Freeman's yeah, sorry. debut. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was sticking yeah. with uh, I was sticking with SEC games, but oh, absolutely. Well, you know, Marcus Freeman, I got to cover him in the bowl game here last year. Uh, when oh, they, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it was his first, you know, this will obviously be his first season, but he was, because I think Brian Kelly had already left. I can't remember the timeline, but uh, he had been promoted, and it is a, who did they play? Uh, Oklahoma State. Yes, o- because Oklahoma, you Oklahoma remember, State finally caught a break and didn't have to play Ole Miss in a bowl game. And and Notre Dame built a huge lead. They had a quarterback named Jake Cohn who mm-hmm. threw for like four hundred yards in the first half, and they looked unstoppable. And then they ended up losing the lead, and Oklahoma State came back. But that was a that was a really fun game to cover, actually. But I did like Marcus Freeman, and I did think Notre Dame, even though they lost, showed some explosiveness, showed some some things that I liked for them going forward. So yes, I'm I'm interested to see how the Marcus Freeman era just generally plays out. Yeah, I think I like Ohio State's chances to get to the playoff and to really make a run at winning a title. C.J. Stroud was outstanding a year ago. They're loaded again. Ryan Day just has the machine rolling there. Um, and we'll, we'll close there. As I mentioned, the college football playoff. If You're picking four, and now we'll have to revisit this in a couple of weeks because I did see that they're going to vote on expanding the playoff. But who are your four teams for the playoff as of 11.41 Central Time, September 1st? <laughs> um, gosh. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think maybe the best bet of all of them is Ohio State, especially if they can get past Notre Dame, too, just because I – Yeah. I, you know, they've got – but, you know, Alabama and Georgia are going to be right there. You know, I'm trying to – I'm looking down the rankings now because it's the fourth team that you're really looking for. For me, like right. Alabama and Georgia are in the playoff until they're finally not. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like – like people exactly. used to ask me about Alabama. I was like, well, until they don't win the national title, they're my favorite to win the national title. So, I think see, the top – See, David, you say ahead. that, and 
up until last weekend, the last time I had gambled was the national championship game when I put a considerable amount of money on Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide and they didn't get it done. And... I would have too. I would have too. Cause <laughs> I just, it's not because logically I knew that Georgia was good and could win, but I just didn't think the forces of the universe would allow that ever to happen. Right. Um, and, but and I would have, I, I feel your pain, not as much as you have, but I would have wagered a considerable amount of money on Alabama as well. Yeah. And now the pain quickly subsided last weekend because I ha- had a nice little parlay that I hit. And then on Sunday, Roy McElroy really helped me out. Um, Ooh. But yeah, so I, I mean, that game I, I think was going to be an all timer. And then Jamison Williams gets hurt. And then Alabama had no way to stretch the field. And then Georgia just put the clamps down and just sat on them and it was over. Right. But um, I, my fourth team, because I do think it's Ohio State, Bama, Georgia. I think there's a legitimate shot that both Bama and Georgia go undefeated, meet in Atlanta, you know, winners in the playoff, losers in the playoff. Um, I think Ohio State runs the table. I think Michigan takes a step back this year. I think the Buckeyes will will go undefeated. My fourth team, now they got to get over a hurdle this week, is Utah. I love this Utah team. They've got both running backs back. 2,000-yard rushers, Cam Rising's back, and Kyle Winningham has just built just this um, – who, what – oh, man, you, you'll remember it was uh, – E.J. Epperson said when they moved him to fullback, he said he was going to be like a like a, like a a bowling ball covered in nails and barbed wire or something. Like, oh, that's, yeah, what was – It was something like Epperson, that. That's quite, that's quite a pull. I remember that. But that's what Utah is. I mean, they are – I mean, just – I said it last night on our gambling show. I mean, like, they're going to start a fight in a parking lot, and and you're not going to want to be a part of it because they are just physical on both sides of the ball, and Rising's just got kind of that it factor at quarterback where he just makes plays when you don't think he's going to make them. Um, yeah, he's better than you think. I've seen him live a couple times. He's He's good. He's yeah. good, and I love Kyle Whittingham. I really do. My only qualm with Utah, and again, I've watched them, I mean, not a ton, but over the three years I've been here, I think I've covered actually three or four of their games. I love them. They're almost like Georgia light in the sense that, you know, like you said, they could line up and just beat you up sometimes. And they did that in the Pac-12 sometimes. But my only qualm with them is that just the style they play, they seem there's one or two games a year where they just – pardon the expression, but they kind of poop their pants and, you know, they go 10 and two, you know, they'll have a game. I think they'll beat Florida, but then they'll, they'll screw up against somebody like, you know, they got a road game at like Washington state or something like that, you know, and and it's just, I I just don't trust them to get through the schedule unscathed because I think with them, their talent is very good, but it's not so much that it separates them from having, and and they have a tendency anyway to kind of play close games because they're, you know, more of a ground and pound type team, even though Cameron rising can do some things. So mm-hmm. I don't hate that pick, but I just, for me, Utah is kind of that perennial 10 and two team that, you know, is, is on the cusp of, you know, new year's day bowls and makes it sometimes. Sure. But, I don't know, but but I don't have really a better pick either. I don't know who would. Yeah, I mean, like somebody from the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, Baylor. You know, I was gonna I say maybe maybe Notre Dame if they can, you know, maybe they 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 stumble against Ohio State, but then they win everything else. Maybe, but they don't have a conference title game where Utah right. could recover from an early loss, or let's say they beat Florida, but then they stumble against you know USC or Oregon, but then. They could still, you know, win the division, get to the Pac-12 title game, win that and have that late bump to where they might get in. Because I, I have questions about Clemson. I, you know, I, I, how's DJ Uyunglele going to look after he was kind of pedestrian a year ago? What's Dabo's team going to be like without the coordinators? A lot of questions there. I, I don't right. know. I, just, I, I totally agree there's not an obvious number four this year. You know, yeah. Clemson's been there before. Notre Dame, like you said, could certainly recover from Ohio State. And, you know, we were talking about all the changes in college football. It still fascinates me that Notre Dame still just keeps chugging along as an independent. Yeah. They, 
and they monetize it, they, I mean, it works for them. And I just yeah. wonder, like, will anything ever change that? Because everybody keeps expecting at some point Notre Dame to join a conference. But, I mean, at some point, why would they? I mean, I guess you could join the Big Ten, but, man, I mean, they That's they what makes the most sense, have, right? I mean, yeah, I, geographically and just from a culture standpoint, that's what it feels like they should do. But, you know, I think all those rules are cut out the window. Now that UCLA is in the Big Ten, whatever like <laughs> yeah. any anybody can be anywhere so yeah. you know i i think those rules have long gone out the window but i i do think that notre dame has many more natural rivals sure in the Big yeah Gen. but but i you know honestly at this point i thought there was a little stretch there where i thought that they would join a conference but i'm not so sure now i don't know what you know seismic shift in college football because there's already been like 10 of them in the past like 20 years like yeah. Seems like they just keep trucking along, and you look at their schedule; they don't have trouble scheduling good games. So, well, I, and they just got the. I'm trying to remember because I mean I feel like there was so much happening with TV deals and stuff. All, oh, like, sure, but same week. But did they? They just signed a big one, right? That sounds right. I'll have to Google it. But yeah, they're they're one of the few schools. You know, Texas would be in that realm too. Although obviously they're joining the SEC. But like with the Longhorn Network, um, you know, they can almost stand on their own. And they're such a national brand. It's just, I'm looking at it. Because it says right now they make about $26 million a year on their partnership with the with NBC and with the ACC. Um, and the NBC deal runs through the 24 season. Um, so, I mean. I see that. I see this on CBS Sports, Notre Dame targeting $75 million annual media rights payout request to remain independent. <laughs> Dennis Don wrote this. Yeah, I mean. There you go. I, yeah. Hey, if you get $75 million, yeah, you're staying independent. I mean, there's no deal. Yeah, I mean, even. Because so. what what, what, what's the share of the SEC schools these days? 50 Ooh, or $60 I mean, million? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's I up it's, there. I mean, I know that it's lucrative. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you can get that, like – you don't have to, yeah, just stay independent. Like you make your own well, rules. Well, stay independent. You yeah, you make your own rules. You get to do what you want. You don't have to really do, you know, because in the SEC, as awesome as it is, like, you know, there's politicking and different things. You know, like Texas A&M thought they were going to be the only Texas school. Nope. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're adding Texas and there's not really anything you can do about it. So, um, you know, there, there's benefits to being independent. And if you could do it, I don't, yeah, I don't see why Notre Dame would, would change course. It's fascinating. And and when you make your own rules, you get to go out and you get to pluck Jason Garrett to be your color guy for your games. So, I mean, come on. Big can't time. beat that. That's right. So, um, well, you know, with the season being back, really excited about this show. It's going to be fun to talk to you every week. And we haven't – we've buried the lead here, but I haven't even gotten your take on the latest run of commercials for Fansville. I think it's season five of Fansville. Um, Real quick, do you think that they are real people or do you think they're actors? What are we talking about? Come on, the Dr. Pepper commercials for Fansville. Do you think it's a reality show or do you think they're just actors? Uh, I'm totally out of the loop on this. I'm kind of oh, come on. But you, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm lame. You'll you'll but see them. Um, you'll see them. To, you'll see them on Saturday, and you'll be like, oh, that's what Zach was talking about. You know, with with Brian Bosworth as the sheriff. And, you know, everybody drinks Dr. Pepper in this town and they call it Fansville. It, it's kind of a oh bit my. where people are like, oh, they're real people. Like, they're not actors. <laughs> I, I w- This is going to be my homework assignment for the next week. I'm going to look up these commercials. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get well-versed on this. It reminds okay. me when my kids come up and tell me about what they want to be for Halloween. It's like, I've never even heard of that before. Like, what are we talking about? Who's Elena uh, of Avalor? Who's... <laughs> <laughs> like what what was the latest thing the oh i can't remember but anyway well, they always come up with i'm yeah i'm like what happened to just being like mickey mouse or something like that i don't know but um but anyway so that's that's my assignment i'm sorry okay no it's it's perfectly fine i mean again it's it's just a running joke among twitter and college football circles that they're real people but um all right like well, truman show or something you know, like the, the extras <laughs> in the background. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, it's exactly like that. Um, 
All right. Well, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. We're going to do this all year. Um, happy to have you. I'm, I'm excited. Appreciate your time. We're going to do this every Thursday, talking college football, talking Ole Miss, talking just college football landscape in general, talking Dr. Pepper commercials. It's going to be fun. Um, but that's going to do it for daytime fireworks with my good buddy, David Brandt. David, just let the people know real quick. I got to remind them where they can find you and your work before we, uh, before we head out. Well, the easiest place is still, after all these years, still just on Twitter. My handle's still David Brandt, AP. Not as much college football, but if you're into the NFL, especially Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, there's a, there's a lot of that in the coming months. All right. Again, that's going to do it. Daytime Fireworks will be here every week. Thanks again to David. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. And, of course, thanks to the sponsors for making this show possible. Like, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Until then, we out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.